0: Literature makes you feel, and it can get you thinking too. But how do you move from signs on a page to thoughts and feelings? And why does fiction sometimes feel more real than the world around us? My name is Karin Kokkonen, and together with my colleagues from the Literature, Cognition and Emotions Project, LCE for short, we will discuss these and other questions in the coming weeks. Today's guest is Stefan Gut, Professor of Arabic Literature, and editor of the volume Literary Visions, which came out last year, and is an anthology of Middle Eastern literature. Thank you for joining us, uh, Stefan.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Our topic is the question of literature in the Arab world, uh, so to speak. And and in particular, you're interested in uh, the question of the novel Mm -hmm. in, in that cultural environment. And of course, the novel is not a genre that is how do you say, native to the Arab world. It's something that came quite late historically, mm. didn't it?
1: Exactly. It's a phenomenon of the mid-19th century. It started the first genuine Arabic novel. is usually dated 1859, 1860 or so. And in Turkish, it's maybe a a a little bit earlier, but almost the same time and also in in Iran. So it's a a real Middle Eastern phenomenon in general, although the the writers of the three main Islamic languages not necessarily had contact with each other. So it was somehow in the air that the novel came up as a genre and... uh, yeah, it has something to do with the with the general background, of course, that in the Middle East was in at at the time, where since long already the great empires had started to feel that they were backward in a way, as compared to to Europe, and they tried to make up for this backwardness and uh, thought that we we have to reform ourselves. And they started with military reforms and all kinds of uh, administrative things. And uh, quite early, uh, already 18th century or so, but the main move to reform was the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th. We talk about the long 19th century and terms like the Arabic Nahda, the Renaissance is used or in Turkish it's the Tanzimat, the reorganization uh, of the structures. And in this course, many, many things happened, many reforms and also in the field of uh, military, of course, I mentioned it but also in the field of education, that was very important. And uh, for this purpose also people were sent to Europe and came in contact and uh, with European writings and people and ideas. And uh, there was a lot that was uh, translated. First, of course, all kinds of very practical things, uh, medicine, agriculture, all kinds of, of literature we have there. But then also people started to visit theatres and uh, read novels and they thought, okay, this may also be something that could be of use with regard to the reforms that we are uh, envisaging for our uh, societies.
0: So it wasn't a sort of spontaneous thought that someone said, oh, I'm going to write a novel in Arabic or Turkish or... Uh, any of the other Middle Eastern languages. It was actually part of a lot, much larger civilizing kind of enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: exactly, yeah. yeah. It was, in a, in a way, it was a byproduct of this desire for reforming oneself. And uh, literature in the beginning was very much looked at under, um, as a tool. Mm-hmm as an instrument, instrumental in in helping to reform society, to bring it on the The way that everybody felt was necessary, this progress with the big word, progress and advancing and becoming modern Mm. like everybody else uh, in the leading world, the the dominating world. Of course, we are talking also about colonial situation or quasi colonial Mm. situation. The Ottoman Empire, as such, was still there in place, but it was under economic dominance from the West. So there, there was this general feeling to have to catch up mm. to, with the West.
0: And what is the particular mm. relevance of a novel in that context? I mean, we can, I guess, quite easily imagine how you would, you know, reform the military and change the school system. I mm. mean, that's something that happens quite often, yeah. I guess, that the government yeah. decides we need to change this. But what would a novel do to to make an impact like that uh, mm. in, a, in a society?
1: I think the novels and all the other kinds of cultural production they were read or received in the in the Middle East with their traditional idea of literature as a background, and here we have the keyword of an adab, which meant all kinds of you may translate it even as a culture, like a cultural knowledge, and um, anything that could help you uh, mastering uh, the the world was called adab any kind of knowledge so this adab used to be useful on the one hand side and entertaining on the other side so this fitted quite well mm. into this idea and uh, this was also what for example one of this uh, the head of the egyptian study mission to paris in the early 1830s registered for the first time when he went to to a theater in Paris, he said, OK, this may look quite like our shadow plays, uh, but it's not as vulgar, as popular as we used to have it on the streets. It's very useful. We can use this genre to to bring our own societies, uh, to advance our own societies. So this was the, the general idea where it fitted very well in and it was also used in the beginning as a kind of tool sometimes very outspoken. Uh, um, There is a famous uh, Arab writer known for his historical novels, for example. But the historical novels, they are always introduced by a longer paragraph where he summarizes the actual facts. Mm. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the novel was just this emotionalization that came in with a love story and so on, was just a kind of package to sell it, to sell the knowledge about Islamic history and what he thought was necessary to build the new Arab nation in an entertaining way to help to come into a higher civilizational level. Mm. Mm.
0: But then, of course, I assume people read this, not for the summary, but for the love stories and the emotions. Yes,
1: definitely. Definitely. I think it's even today, it's very readable. Mm. Can you give us the title? Yeah, the author is Georgi Zaydan. Jirji or Jirji Zaidan, a Lebanese who then came to, to Egypt. And he wrote a whole series of novels which quite recently have been translated into English, a number of them uh, they are very, very nice to read. And it's for us as a Western reader, it would be somehow a similar experience as for the 19th century Arab reader to know about their, to learn something about Arab history. And he, he had the, the real program to go through the mm. important stages of islamic history and to cover this always with some kind of entertaining love story that made it had a suspense and mm. but the facts were there
0: mm-hmm. and the emotions i mean was the the only function of the emotions to you know make the history go down so to speak like you read the history because you just want the emotions because in the western novel there was a big discussion around emotions mm-hmm. as well i mean most of the the early novels are love stories, mm-hmm. um, but it was also a discussion about how you recognize emotions, what you do with emotions when they arise. So it it was quite um, reflexive, almost well, somewhere between psychology and self help mm-hmm. kind of discussion. Is mm-hmm. is that something that happens in the Arab world?
1: Uh, it's I think it's the very same uh, uh, in in the Arab world and Turkish and Persian uh, also. The topic of history that I just mentioned with Georges Zetan was only one aspect. The uh, novels served to introduce all kinds of modernity. It could be how to, to ride a train or not to be afraid of a steam engine or something mm-hmm. like that. Those were very scenes that are staged in, in novels where you have representatives of the people being frightened from the sight of a, of a locomotive, for example. Then the hero comes in with the help of a European observer very often to, uh, to tell people, no, it's not like this, you don't have to be afraid. And among these also are, are how to, to feel yourself in uh, vis-a-vis this modernity and, there, of course, it was a fundamental shift that went on. And you can really, for me, it's one of the most fundamental things that ever happened in this 19th century, that you can shift from one set of genres to another genre that has completely uh, different, or not completely different, but very, very different objectives. And here, I think it's the the colonial situation played a role as a kind of Maybe also kind of catalyzer that brought about the need to assert oneself, mm. both as a, as a nation, and in the in the Middle East you have the the double uh, need to assert yourself as a nation, both against the the empire, the big empire this which was decaying, and the European uh, forces, and how to find a concrete way. So this Adab became also a way how to learn to behave in the right way vis-à-vis these challenges and the confrontation with modernity. And part of this modernity was also the very feelings mm. that you were supposed to have or compassion is a very is a key word with your, with your fellow human beings and humanity was the big key word at a certain time. So you can actually
0: learn certain kinds of feelings. Yeah,
1: yeah. And here in the Middle East, suddenly, as you mentioned also, you have a a lot of love stories popping up because this was one of the key challenges, how to behave vis-a-vis a a world that wants you to have, for example, love marriages, while this was not the custom until then. There was, of course, there were love stories, but uh, they were... Heroic things, nothing that would play a role in everyday life for the people usually, but now out of a sudden, this there was also an educational uh, new class, a kind of bourgeoisie, that were coming up who also had to find their their place in society, and uh, they also made it as their mark, as their own marker of modernity to write this new type of literature because they thought this is the way we can go and this is a good tool to to use because they didn't believe in the capacity of the old genres to convey these new modern uh, notions. So you have all kinds of testings also. Literature is like a stage Mm. to test out what can happen and how you could or should behave in certain situations.
0: Mm. So it's not only a change in the emotions or topics, but it also seems to be a change in kind of stories that you can tell if you set up certain situations and then you test yeah, what are the things that are likely to happen? What are probable reactions? So this mm-hmm. sounds as if, yeah, the entire plot of Arab writing changes with these social changes.
1: Yes, I, I, think, the, I think there was no word for plot until then, <laughs> which does not mean that that traditional Arabic or Turkish fiction did not have plots, of course they had. But these plots were mostly, I would say, with a simple chronology where uh, you didn't have an aging subject. You did not have this divide between the subject here and the world on the other side as the subject's object. The subject used to be part of the world, and what happened happened to the subject, not through the subject, or, or very often, as the, even the heroes or kings or battle heroes, they are somehow. Either lucky, or helped by God, so there's something acting through them, or they're mm-hmm. just. But they are not these aging subjects. Are not they're not taking the action of history. themselves? Yeah. yeah. Well, now uh, you have real. For example, this I think also what made the European texts that were translated so in, to interesting to, to those who translated them. One of the key texts, for example, was Robinson. You know? mm. Here you had the story of someone an individual having to, to master life himself in a completely new situation, environment. And it was shown how, step by step, this could be achieved and also that it was achievable. Uh, this idea of a reformability, a changeability of a present with an idea of a better future, a progress afterwards, is new. And this is why also the plots always Contain this element of uh, temporalization, where you start from a certain beginning, then you have a development, and you can have a I don't know a climax and uh, and another dramatization, and before it comes to an end. So this designing of a plot, which in fiction, which would resemble the real world in a way, with an implotment, fictional implotment of the something that could have happened in really in this very similitude was something new. In traditional uh, Middle Eastern literature, you had either fiction, which was considered completely irrelevant for reality in a way, this was fantasy. On the other hand, you had legal texts, uh, so this was reality. This happened, history happened, and from history we can Learn, but now we have a kind of ambiguous mm. thing this fiction from which we can learn yeah
0: where you use the pleasure of fantasy and the usefulness mm-hmm. of relating it to, to the real world yeah, yeah yeah
1: of course you had some had had something like this in the animal fables or before where also some animals represented certain types of problems in reality and you would, as a mm. reader or a hearer, a listener you had to, to translate it into real situations but these were animals <laughs> and not real people mm. that you could uh, this was something uh, completely new
0: And that, it seems, made a big difference to these efforts of uh, civilizing
1: Yeah, yeah So it from a certain point uh, for example in the 1816s it was really theatres popped up in Beirut and this was a an emerging culture which was very popular and also the novel began to to take food and become very popular. Of course it's a process uh, where people sometimes also objected that this is a foreign form we cannot really find ourselves in it and some people the writers themselves often had difficulties as they had no experience with this type of writing and imploting the world so they in in some literary analysis analysis of the, these texts you can uh, prove that they had different objectives and uh, from from a certain time on they shifted and turned for example more to the to the individual experience of love, instead of reforming society and the countryside, uh, mm. which also could have been a topic. But
0: uh, so they try out different. They tried
1: out uh, different yeah. uh, ways. Mm.
0: It's really fascinating to hear about um, how this Western form sort of has such an impact in in the Arab or the, the Middle Eastern world. I mean, from a European perspective, of course, when you hear. Arab and story, you think of the Arabian Nights immediately, which at the very beginning of the 18th century had an enormous impact, first in France and then in Britain and Germany and and other countries in Europe. Now, that is, of course, less of a cultural program, I assume. But it's interesting to see that um, also in response to Arabian Nights, um, many authors saw new possibilities of storytelling in, in the West,
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, the West has its own agenda. Mm. (laughs) And ironically enough, uh, this agenda is quite opposite to the agenda the people, the writers of the East had. For them, stories like the Arabian Nights, they were popular, all too popular Mm. uh, stories, and not really useful with regard to learning lessons and becoming modern. So for a quite a long they were also printed and translated from a more popular language into a higher level language as something entertaining so we have printings from quite an early period in the 19th century but this was only a kind of assertion of the national heritage you may mm. say it was not for for a very long time it was still mainly regarded as something not really precious, not really useful. It was only at a very, very uh, much later stage that people began to discover the popularity Mm. of these popular texts. Mm.
0: I think it's really interesting. I mean, seeing it in this context raises the question, does anyone ever learn anything in the Arabian Nights? (laughs) 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 And I don't know about about you, but I'd be hard-pressed to come up with an example where a character... Actually, I mean, as Robinson Crusoe learns lots mm. of things, yeah. maybe the, the Sultan, because he needs to learn patience. Mm. He needs to learn mm. not to kill uh, his wife every yeah. night.
1: Yeah. But this also happens somehow uh, without himself really <laughs> noticing. That's very in true. It's <laughs> just like this. He had three children, <laughs> and without noticing, he kept her alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. So I guess there are. The exchange in many ways, it goes both ways, doesn't it? Uh, The European novel, which I think to some extent uh, draws on, you know, desire for fabulation that you have in Arabian Nights, then goes back Mm. in a way.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, this fabulous aspect of the plots of the Arabian Nights, for example, as I said before, was regarded as um, merely fantastic, so nothing very useful for reforming reality mere mm. fantasy but it was only much later that they also were appreciated as a source of creativity and fantasy and thinking about new um, future maybe and um, other other worlds um, utopian worlds of course sheherazade afterwards became a symbol of women mm. uh, saving lives through Storytelling.
0: So, is this something that you can still find in contemporary literature? This
1: is a is a quite recent, not not very recent, but from the I would say from the sixties, seventies onwards, where the Arab world had suffered the big breakdown after the lost war against Israel in nineteen sixty seven. So they felt the need again to start from scratch. They thought that something had been wrong. Everybody had believed in a brighter future and the words Gamal Abdel Nasser had told them, we are the, the future and uh, we will have a bright future and everything will be fine. No, it wasn't the case. Israel won the war and uh, Arab territories were lost and the whole idea of a new revival of Arabism collapsed. So it was then uh, in the aftermath of the sixty-seven war that people started to re-evaluate and reappreciate their own heritage, m- many of them at least, uh, tried to, to find new starting points. One of these starting points was to go back into pre-colonial times and uh, let oneself inspire by the genres that had existed before that. And one of the most uh, famous writers of this trend was Gamal al-Ritrani in Egypt. He he wrote many novels in this style that later came to be known as an orientalizing style in the style of the, an ancient Sufi, for example. or. The Thousand um, and One Nights, he has a lot of this text and he shows in, in this way that you can be modern with using classical forms and even the very popular forms he, he recurred to in some cases.
0: And would you say that out of that comes then again a way of sort of modeling emotions, modeling compassion, for example, or maybe it's a, a different kind of concept and an emotion?
1: No, I don't think it would be much different from what we now know because the mm. the, the modernization process uh, or the kind of uh, to become like the people in the West, this process has been accomplished, mm. I would say. To a large degree during 150 years of trying out this. So, that we have the novel has mm. become a, a, a very even replaced, uh, some people think, re- replaced the traditional way of expressing reality, which was poetry. Mm. And then now it is the novel that's where you can find typical expressions. And the novel now has all kinds of stages, all kinds mm.
0: of. So, it's free to uh, actually yeah. explore whatever it wants, rather than follow a particular program. As, mm. As
1: mm. And, yeah, of course, it's, it's one of the best ways, uh, as in many other societies, to know more about mm. the societies and how people feel and react in certain situations and so. certain pressures react against challenges and confrontations. Mm.
0: So if one wanted to find out about how people feel... In the Middle Eastern world, do you have a recommendation? What kind of book uh, one should read? <laughs>
1: uh, of course, there are a lot um, of things that are translated. It's difficult to to mention one out of hundreds. <laughs> I mentioned, although this already this George Zaydan from the nineteenth mm. century, and yeah, the uh, Edward Said, uh, the famous uh, author of Orientalism. He liked uh, best the the novel written by a Sudanese author from the 1960s, uh, Tayyip Saleh, uh, The Season of Migration to the North, which really is a fantastic uh, novel that somehow uh, describes the situation of the Arab intellectual exactly at this, the beginning of the 60s, where you um, stage or or, or shows the, the the split that goes through the, the psychologically through the Arab men and intellectual. At the time, you have to be faithful to your own country and you can be optimistic. It was in the beginning where Nazarism was still in its heights. But at the same time, you know that much has happened, and uh, that the Europeans have also done a lot of wrong to you. and uh, so you you feel a kind of hatred and the need for revenge. and this in the, in the in this novel it is expressed through a kind of double type of uh, narrator, one from the previous generation who killed English women in order to revenge himself for the injustice that was committed by the British against his own people. And then the new generation that observes the older generation and is confronted with this reality, and um, the novel ends with a kind of drowning in denial <laughs> of the young narrator as an expression of he does not know how to go on from here Mm. and what to do with this heavy burden of the past. Uh, And he somehow decides not to kill himself, not to let the Nile take over, but make some movements to reach the shore, but you don't know Mm. really why. and what will happen and which of the shores it was, was it the northern shore or the the Mm -hmm. southern shore. And the the novel ends just with this symbol of the birds, Uh, this is called called the season of migration to the north, Mm. birds migrating to the north. So you can interpret this as a general trend towards the north, but what will happen? At this time, historical time, you did not know yet. Mm. Fascinating novel.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, you're welcome.
0: Thank you for the reading recommendation and also thank you for this wonderful conversation about everything between Arabian Nights, uh, the first Arab novels, Expeditions to Paris to go to the theatre and The Season of Migration to the North. Thanks to everyone listening to the LCE podcast Our next episode will air in two weeks. Until then.